Hi everyone, my name is Darren Griffith and you're very welcome to the first episode of the brand new Lusk Athletic Club podcast. I'm really delighted to be joined in person in our opening episode by Lusk AC Chairperson Nicole Hodson and former Chairperson Colin McNally, both of whom are going to tell us all about Lusk AC. We're also joined by Ladies Captain Una Gaines, who's going to talk to us about Fit for Life Forever, and Annette Foy, who in her capacity as race director, will be discussing the upcoming Lusk Four Mile Race. Before we move on to the interviews, you'll be glad to hear we have done our research, and no doubt there are a number of really excellent running and athletics podcasts out there, but we feel there is room and an audience for a podcast that focuses on the topics and issues that matter most to members of athletic clubs in Ireland and beyond. So we're going to cover the stuff that you love to talk to your clubmates about weekly at training. So we'll cover all levels and athletic disciplines to ensure it's fully inclusive and of broad interest. So from fit for life groups to sub three marathon running, tracked across country and shot put to pole vaulting. I just want to highlight also what you can look forward to in our forthcoming monthly episodes. So we've lined up interviews with a physiotherapist, a sports nutritionist, an expert in sustainability in sport, and a park run advocate, as well as interviews with the most important people in, in athletics, the club members, whose stories no doubt will resonate with members in clubs all around the country. So we'll be talking to our club captains, our coaches, our fit for lifers, our young athletes, our athletes on tour, and our volunteers. We hope you'll find our podcast both entertaining and informative. We trust you'll appreciate we fully plan to get better with time and in turn absolutely welcome your feedback. I suppose that's the end of the formalities and time to move on to meet our guests. I'd like to welcome Lusk AC chairperson and possibly the busiest person in Lusk, Nicole Hodson, and former chairperson Colin McNally to talk about Lusk AC. So it's uh, really great to see you both. Hi, um, Colin. Hi. Colin. Hi. Uh, clearly, you're still great friends, and there was a, a peaceful transition of power. There was. It was great. Um, so let's uh, let's get started. Um, if you could, Colin, please tell us all about the history of the club and maybe take us back to 1975. Yes, I was a, a member of the old club back in 1975. I was less than 10 years of age at the time. Lusk was very small and we only had Gaelic soccer, we judo and athletics. So for a child that was involved in sport, it was a great place. There wasn't an awful lot else to do in the place. But I do remember training on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays in the parish field behind the school. Um, it's where the community hall is now. Uh, the field was the centre of everything back then when Lusk was very, very small, as I said. We, GAA would be coming off the field and the athletics would be going on. The old club was affiliated to NACA. Back then, Ireland Irish Athletics was BLE and NACA. And we got to travel quite a bit to events. In the wintertime, we had cross-country. We cross-country in Lusk, actually, over at the station. I mean, in Swords, we had uh, at St. Colin Kills GAA, it's where uh, Applewood Village is now. Um, we also had the Rosna Heron in Dunleer every year, and that was the big international event. So we all we went to that event. Uh, in the summertime, I just remember going to Swords to Pink Allianz GAA, and that's where we had our track and field. Uh, and I do remember one time going to Ennis on the train, all the NACA athletic clubs 
from the country, I think, went on the train down to Ennis for the Nationals. Uh, incidentally, uh, Aidan McKenna, who's a coach in the club, is from Armagh, and he remembers coming down to Lusk as a child and doing the cross-country in Lusk. Uh, also, back then, we had the Lusk Road Races, which uh, took place on St. Patrick's Day. It, it, it started after the parade was finished, and then we used to go to Dunboyne for the road race in Dunboyne, which was either on Easter Sunday or... Uh, on Palm Sunday, the Sunday before. So there were great times, certainly great memories were created back then. They must have, because I still remember them to today. So uh, uh, if nothing else, it's tradition uh, to have for these races like Dunboyne, Lusk and the Ross uh, So Fantastic. Mm. So there was, um, would you have had many members back um, in the 80s, in the early 90s? I don't know, but I know we had athletes who were very very good and we also we uh, we had a lot of coaches as well but a lot of the coaches were young and Ireland being very poor at the time a lot of the coaches had to go away so I think that's how the, cl the club came to its demise that a lot of people uh, had, to, had to move on and it had nobody no backup. Yeah I suppose it's uh, you know it's happening in a number of you know, GAA clubs around the country. It's uh, people uh, have to move on for work and so on. Um, so so that's 1975, the club started very successfully. You have very happy memories. Um, sounds like a fantastic time. And then uh, you mentioned the, the demise. Um, so was it in 99? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know much about what happened, but I do remember that it was down. It had fallen down to two coaches. I think I remember being told it had fallen down to two coaches, and all the children were being left at training. So, parents or guardians would turn up at training, drop the kids, and go home. And same at competition. Everybody was loaded onto a bus on a Sunday morning. Would go off to competition, and all that would be on board as an adult with the two coaches. So it was never going to be possible for a club to stay alive if we he didn't have backup from parents or we didn't have uh, former athletes giving back to a club. So I think it's really, really important that this uh, doesn't happen to our club now because it has happened already and yeah. I think we should learn from so, this. Nicely said, there's a lesson, there's a lesson in that and clearly um, it's very unlikely to happen to our club given the, the, you know, the amount of volunteers that are uh, there every week and um, at all the big events. Um, so then, bringing things back to a more positive note, 2009 sounds like a, a great year for, uh, for Lusk. Oh, it was brilliant. Um, I remember my sister coming to me and saying that Seamus Flynn had been in touch with her to say that they were thinking of reforming the Athletic Club. Would I be interested in going to a meeting? So I said, yeah, I'd go over and see what the story was. I remember sitting in the middle of the bar in Roundhouse GAA Club and there was Seamus Flynn. There was Louise and Maeve McAvoy, I think. There was Paula Fitzgerald. There was my sister Mary, uh, Seamus, and Valerie Belton, who was a, uh, a member of a club in Dublin City at the, uh, when she was younger. And she, had, she was living in Lusk at the time. So we decided, first of all, that we were going to reform the club. And then we decided that our colours would stay the same, white top, blue shorts, uh, which were the original colours. And we said we'd keep the logo and we'd try and locate the old logo and do it up and reinvent it and that's what we did and then we decided to have training and our first training session was on the green around the triangle outside the church 
I don't know where health and safety went to, but we had about 30 people between adults and children, mainly three or four families and a couple of individuals just running around the triangle around the green between the cars and all that. We had, I remember we had somebody at the top of the green just slowing traffic down. But that was our first few training sessions. That's how it all started. Um, so that's fantastic. A big thanks, obviously, to Seamus Flynn for uh, for approaching you all. And um, yeah, that was 2000, 2000, oh, yeah. sorry, 2009. Thank you very much, uh, Colm. So moving on to you, Nicole. Um, Luske, see if I'm right, is uh, one of the largest, if not the largest athletic club in the country. So could you talk us through how Luske C grew the club from a few members, perhaps 30 in 2009, to over 750 in less than 15 years? Hi, Darren. Yes, uh, we are one of the largest clubs in the country. Um, we're, we're very proud to say that. Um, as Colin mentioned there, Lusk was reformed in 2009 by Seamus and uh, a few local families. Uh, they held their training sessions on the green in front of the church here in Lusk. Um, around that time, I suppose the population of Lusk um, grew and it, it was growing rapidly with new families moving into the area. And also around that time, running was becoming very popular in Ireland. Um, and in fact, a few years later in 2012, the first park run started in Ireland uh, close by in Malahide. Um, we could see more races coming on. Um, so people were kind of getting a bit interested in this in this running lark. Um, so as our numbers grew, as people were coming into Lusk, we had to move our training to what is now the old Lusk National School and Field. Um, this is before the, the new school was built. Um, Lusk National School has been very good to us. They've been a great friend um, to the club over the years and still today we would have been lost without their support. Um, along with the, the the local parish have helped us out with the, the fields, which we still use today as well. So we're, we're very thankful to them. Um, obviously, as members were coming in, um, they were growing, you know, in, in huge numbers. You know, we were going from hundreds, from one, two, three, four hundred all the way up. We knew we, excuse me, had to do, um, put, put better structures in place and systems. So we needed a new registration portal. Our social media had to be updated. We needed to ensure our governance was correct and up to date, including guard the vetting, safeguarding. And of course, the big thing was we needed to attract more coaches and volunteers. Um, we, we can only do so much, obviously, with the core committee, but we need coaches, we need volunteers, we need mentors, we need helpers all the time. And then we went on a big drive. As the numbers grew, we went on a huge drive to bring those in. Um, we're very lucky that we do have a wonderful um, community of volunteers and we're very appreciative of the fact that they put in a huge amount of work uh, each week uh, to keep the, the club moving forward. Fantastic. Um, so thanks, Nicole. Uh, perhaps come, coming back to you, Colin, um, can you maybe, given you're a, a Lusk man and you're, you're uh, no Lusk uh, better than most of us, uh, can you please maybe tell me the impact sports clubs such as Lusk Athletic um, in general can have on a local community? Lusk community is first and foremost the, mo the most important thing in any community and sport in a community brings people together. Like you only have to look at say the Irish soccer team back in Italian 90 or whatever. The Lusk Athletic Club has that same effect on its community. Uh, it, for, you have the health benefits, that goes without saying. You have, Lusk, as I said, grew 
and new people came into the community and new people joined the club and they met the people that are already resident and are living in Lusk and from Lusk. And we even have people from, a lot of people from outside Lusk. So there's a lot of people meeting together that would never have met each other if they weren't part of an athletic club. And that's really, really important that for people's health and well-being, that they get out there and meet new people and form friendships. And I think Nicole will back me up on this. We've gone on many long runs when we've been training for marathons or half marathons or whatever. And people just talk. If A lot of people have a, a difficulty talking face to face. But when we're running, we're actually looking forward down the roads. We're not making eye contact with anybody. And people have opened up over the years and they've people have been in difficult situations within their family or mentally within their in, in the other problems going on in work or uh, or it could be anything. And just by chatting, they've actually gone away and they've been able to solve these problems themselves. So to me, that's what is the most important thing about Lusk Athletic Club is that people can feel as if they're welcome there and nobody's going to judge them and they can solve a lot of their problems. I think that's really, really important. A club is nothing without its community anyway. We have clubs in Ireland across all sports and it's all about elitism and competition and achieving to higher standards and higher goals and it's all about medals or winning championships. They do nothing or contribute nothing to their community. So first and foremost, it's health and fitness in a community and then having fun and that creates memories within a community and it grows a community and to me that's what Lusk Athletic Club is all about. Super, Th thank you. Um, so again, coming back to you, Nicole, um, all clubs have their challenges, no doubt. Um, what's the top challenge uh, Lusk AC wants to address, perhaps in the short to medium term? I suppose in a nutshell, our challenges uh, are facilities or lack of. Um, our, our committee is working hard in the background all the time to improve facilities and we're striving to have an eight lane tartan track in Lusk. We believe this will happen, um, hopefully in a few short years. And can you just imagine what we'll get up to then as I'm looking at Colm? <laughs> um, it'll be wonderful. It'll be a great day for Lusk to have um, a track. Um, we can do our field events locally, we can do all of our uh, track, we can have the kids training seven nights a week. It will be a, a wonderful time. Um, other challenges are, of course, volunteers and coaches. We need more coaches, quite simply. Um, as you can see, the numbers are growing, um, but we can only take more members if we have the coaching number, numbers to go with it. And w one of our hopes, and you know, Colin will also agree, is that we never have to send a child away. That would be a very sad day for the club if we, we couldn't take that child in. So the more coaches we have, the more children we can take in. Um, however, we know not everybody wants to coach, so there are plenty of other jobs to help with. For example, marking the track out each week, helping with fundraising, setting up training sessions and events, grant applications, club gear and podcasts, of course. So the list is long. Um, the key message here is, yes, we do need you. Lastly, as uh, so was a message we'd like to get out to our members is that we'd like to see greater participation in Dublin and national competition by both juvenile and our adult section. 
Um, for example, the for Dublin Athletics run a great a graded meeting um, events over the year. There's about eight of them. They start, I believe, um, April, May and go throughout the summer. And, and these are great. They're, they're a very friendly um, event. Um, it, you get to benchmark yourself and see how your training progresses over the summer. So we would encourage uh, members to come along and take part in them. It's both field and track events. Um, and any if anybody needs for any further information, just chat to myself on that. Okay, fantastic. I mean, my next question was going to be main goals for Lusk AC for for twenty twenty three. I think you've probably covered some of that. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Or yeah, uh, I mean, obviously our four mile is always a, a key target for us each year, where we strive to make it better. Um, um, we'll probably have a little piece on Fit for Life, where we've doing we've a new upgrade of that this year, which I hope uh, Una can talk to you on. Um, again, um, volunteers, we always need vol more volunteers in the, in the club, um, coaches, and then to encourage um, juvenile competition if possible. Yeah, we also have our club development plan that's just been issued up to twenty twenty eight, and we want to include um, make it fully inclusive for all the community. We want to look at uh, integration of uh, special needs children and we also need to look at uh, wheelchair athletes and developing that. But we can't do this at the moment, particularly due because we don't have facilities. But when we have facilities, it's a road we can go down and we certainly will need people to help us and guide us on how to change the club, to bring in yeah. uh, and achieve these goals from our development plan. Fantastic. Okay, so I have uh, two very quick questions uh, for you both before uh, I finish up. So, uh, Nicole, I'll start with you. Proudest moment as Lusk AC chairperson? There's been lots of proud moments. I, I couldn't just speak about one. Um, we were awarded the Athletics Ireland Development Club of the Year in 2021, thanks to the great work by our coaches and committee. Uh, several of our female athletes, athletes took part in the first ever Forerunners Leadership Programme run by Athletics Ireland. This is a pathway to supporting and encouraging the next generation of leading ladies in their athletic endeavours and the programme is recognised by Sport Ireland. Um, I'm clearly very proud of the Lust 4 Mile. Um, an enormous amount of work goes into this every year and it's just getting better and better each time. Uh, this year's event is on Sunday the 5th of March and registration is open now. Um, I'm proud of that we have managed to get a strength and conditioning area up and running for our members. The coaches in the committee knew this is one area we needed to improve on and now I'm delighted to say this area is open for all to use. Um, seeing members achieve their goals makes me very proud too and it, this might be doing your first park run, it might be achieving a marathon time, it could be clearing that height in pole vault or throwing a shot put PB. We had a young athlete who ran a phenomenal time last weekend over 60 metres and he was delighted with himself and it was great to see the, the smile on his face. But equally, I remember last summer, one of our juvenile boy teams received a Dublin medal in the Dublin um, Teams Championships. And to say they were excited, um, it's like it's like if they won a gold in the Olympics. It was pure joy on their faces. But I, I think going back to the proudest moment, I, I think what really makes me most proud is just the club. Seeing hundreds of members training on a Tuesday night in the hub is very special. We have a wonderful group of people who care passionately about Lusk AC. We're a family and we're there for each other through it all. 
We've um, seen tough times. We've seen good times. I'm sure there's lots ahead of us, but I think um, it really is. It's a family to me, and I, that's really what makes me most proud. Thank you very much. So hi, Una, you're very welcome. Um, you're here in your capacity as the Lusk AC Ladies Road and Cross Country Captain. Um, I understand you recently brought a team to the Dublin Cross Country Masters in Rohini? Yeah, yeah. We um, well, this is about as nerve wracking as uh, as starting line of the cross country on Sunday. So we did. We had the women's over fifty. Three of us ran and represented Lusk AC, um, and uh, we we all ran really well. We were delighted with ourselves. Yeah, fantastic. That's that's really super. And I think there was a men's team there as well. So there was men's great. team. Um, there was a men's. Over 35, um, over 50. I'm not sure if they made a full team for the over 50, so we have to work on that for next year. Okay, super. So before we discuss the Fit for Life, um, and because you're a club captain, we thought we'd, uh, we'd challenge you with our 10 quickfire questions. Um, so are you, are you up for the challenge? No, but I say that at every race as well. Okay, you're going, you're going, you'll give it a shot. Yeah. So I'm going, to, I'm going to hit you with 10 questions. Okay. Whatever comes to mind, just say it's straight off the bat. Okay. Um, so I'm going to kick off with heroes are celebrations. Which ones have the fudge in it? That would be... Uh, the heroes. Heroes, heroes okay, it is. heroes. Okay, favourite holiday destination? Um, at the moment, I think it's Greece because that's where we were most recently. Okay, outside of athletics, favourite sport or pastime? Yes. Uh, Baking. Baking. Yes. Baking it is. Number of years running? I think I started when I was about 44. So then I have to give you my age, which is, so I'm six years running. <laughs> okay. Five years, six years. Yeah. Uh, what is your go-to breakfast before a race? Um, same as I have every single morning, porridge and blueberries. Porridge and blueberries. Same as myself. Uh, Favourite race? Not the last four mile, just for the purpose of this uh Quick 10 fire questions. The marathon, Dublin City Marathon. DCM, okay, fantastic. Favourite racing shoe? Um, my Nike Zoom, yeah, Alpha Zooms. Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, Favourite post-run reward? Uh, not having to cook that night because I've made such a, a song and dance about I'm racing today, so somebody else has to make the dinner. Sounds good. And then bucket list or dream race? Dream race, um... I probably wouldn't mind getting over and doing one of the states, um, New York, maybe one one year, one Martin day. Martin in New yeah. York. Yeah, maybe. Sounds good. And then the last question is go-to song for motivation. Well, I know when I did on Sunday, it could, whatever comes up on my Spotify list, which one of my kids keeps editing. Um, and I kicked off with Sinead O'Connor's um, Troy Okay. Um, and I, that, that wasn't too, because I usually don't listen to music when I, well, the couple of times I did the cross country, but it helped a lot. Okay. Yeah. I got to, helped you get your elbows out for the start yeah, of the, yeah. the cross country. Okay, super. So thanks for kicking off our uh, quick fire questions. That was great. Um, so we're going to move on to talk about Fit for Life. Um, and I understand, you know, Fit for Life is mm. a very successful Athletics Ireland initiative. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about Fit for Life, please? Sure. So 
Um, fit for life is, yeah, you're right, Darren, it's Athletics, uh, Athletics Ireland. Uh, I don't think every club, we've been doing it since 2014 and it takes a kind of couple of years to bed in. Uh, but I think now we've, we've, we've certainly, you know, we, we've got the plans and, and we've, we've tried various different things and we, we, we're pretty good at it now. So it's really just a gentle, easy introduction into running or um, back into running if you, you might have been running before and, and for whatever reason life got busy and you, you haven't run for a while. So it's the goal is always a 5k or has been up to now is it's this 5k goal which is it's a big number um for a lot of people and and it sounds kind of scary but it's it's very easy and you start off walking um and you know the distance distance kind of increases a little bit every week and you don't even notice you're you're doing it and suddenly you're you're on 3k and you've run 4k um, so there's, there's super coaches and you learn an awful lot. I mean, you, you can't compare it to any app that you take up and you've got the couch to 5K. But there's a big difference between running with the club and learning from other athletes and other runners. Um, it's, it's a bit of a game changer than trying to, and you're accountable. Um, doing it on your own is just that little bit harder and it's easier not to turn up. Um, if, if it's kind of raining a bit or there's a bit of wind outside. So, um, yeah, it's a really good initiative. And, and people, people who, who join up and commit um, to, the, to the 12 weeks love it. And there's a great sense of achievement when they get there. Fantastic. Um, so this year's uh, Fit for Life has been slightly tweaked. Um, I think uh, you're calling it Fit for Life Forever. So could you tell us a little bit about how the programme is evolving and maybe yeah. why it's evolving? Well, we have, I suppose the club is evolving as well. Like we, we, the way we kind of have our little groups and as we grow bigger and bigger, it's, 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 we can't do everything together. So we all, you, you know, we, we kind of move between our groups as well, depending on, on what you're training for. But the same with Fit for Life, you get to the, you get to your goal and you finish it. But it shouldn't finish there because what you you're at the beginning of your journey now, um, and um, there, there there's plenty of there's loads of goals you could go, um, you can kind of strive to reach and and think about doing. Uh, so, fit for life forever will be. It's not going to end after twelve weeks. We're going to keep going, and we're going to keep the the fit for life group there. Lots of people might want to join one of the other groups and progress upwards to maybe a faster group or a group that's training for a ten k. Or they might want to stay with their own little group and, and they're happy to kind of follow a, a different plan. Um, but the main thing is that they're not going to drop off after 12 weeks, that they're going to keep on going and um, and who knows where they're going to end. We've lots of fit for lifers that have run marathons after a year or two. So um, who, no, who knows? That's fantastic. I'm sure yeah. it's a great social outlet as well as, um, you know, getting fit and learning yeah. about running people have the opportunity to, to meet people from the community and we touched on that earlier a little yeah, bit. But. It is, it is. It's brilliant because, I mean, we all know the benefits of running and the benefits of, you know, for your physical body and for your mental health. But myself and, and the gang I run, we always call it like your long run. We, it's, it's a bit like therapy, except you're not lying on the couch. You're actually going for a run. And at the beginning, when you start any, you know, any sort of extra sport that you're doing, you mightn't be able to get the words out at the first, at the beginning. It's it's you'd just be able to say yes or no. But um, after a while, you don't even notice you're you're running and you're having a great chat with somebody and you've solved somebody's problems and you've kind of offloaded on on. If it, so, it is. It can be a great counselling session, a great way of 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 
chatting to people um, because there's nothing more, there's nothing better than when you're struggling a little bit and, and you have lots of people behind you and everyone's kind of with you. You get kind of close and friendly with the, with a lot of people very quickly. So there's great friendships out there to be to be made. Absolutely. The, the benefits of being in a yeah, group and, yeah. and in a fantastic club like Los KC. So I suppose we, we should finish really with the, the key bits of information. So uh, how do we sign up? When's it starting? And graduation dates, whatever, whatever you'd like to share with us. So it's it's get onto Facebook and Nicole has it up there when when we're when we're starting in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, but again, even if you don't make the first week, Fit for Life is going to be here forever. We're still going to have an initiative twice a year where we kind of recruit people and bring people in and we will have a plan like we have with every group. We have start and finishing uh, um, of, of all the different plans. But there's plenty of times when there's a little bit of a lull between. We still train, we still pop up, we still we, we, we still run every single week. Um, so you, you can you sign up, you um, register for the year and then you're a fully fledged member and uh, everything that we do in the club is going to be available f- to, to you for that year. Fantastic and there's, there's no time like the present. Absolutely, just get your, get your runners on and just don't overthink it um, uh, and just get out there and like says, just do it. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so look, re- really um, I'd like to thank you again for coming on and talking to us about uh, Fit for Life and Fit for Life Forever in fact Sounds fantastic. I know people who have uh, taken part and graduated and just haven't looked back. So it's, it's really great and well done to all the coaches um, for uh, helping their, our Fit for Lifers. So yeah, so just um, it remains to wish all the Fit for Lifers at Lusk AC and all the other clubs around the country uh, the very best of luck and to thank you again for uh, joining us. Brilliant. Thanks, Darren. So hi, Annette, you're uh, very welcome. So maybe just to start, could you tell us maybe a little bit about your uh, relationship or association with LUSK AC? Um, uh, yeah, LUSK AC has been a huge part of my life for the last, um, I suppose, uh, a few years. Um, I I never ran as a, as a child growing up. Um, my husband uh, was always tipping away and he, he thought, oh, you'd love running, you know. So um, the, our, our eldest son was in the, the run in athletics club and um, I uh, ended up getting involved in the little athletics coaching. And I kind of thought after a couple of years, this is a bit odd that I'm coaching little athletics, but yet I don't run myself. So I, I started a uh, tipping away in the dark so nobody could see me and uh, I got the bug so to speak so um, it, it wasn't long after that that I, I managed to complete kind of park runs and move up to 10k's and and then I got um, sucked into doing a marathon somehow um, and just it just kind of a roller coaster co- uh, you know snowballed Snowball. after that and um yeah, so after my first marathon, I thought, because I stepped away from the Little Athletics and after my first marathon, um, I thought, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm happy to give back something. And um, Colin McNally approached me and, and said, Annette, we'd, um, we'd love to get the old, um, we used to have a race in uh, every St. Patrick's Day, traditionally, when the, back years, years ago when he was growing up, when the club was... Um, uh, back in the 80s and 
he said, I'd love to get that going again now that the, the club is starting to grow again. He said, would you be interested in taking that on as a project? So I said, ah, yeah, no problem. I'll do that. <laughs> and uh, little did I know that there was so much involved. But it's, um, it's been uh, like everything that I've put into it, I've gotten back in spades. So, um, yeah. It's, That's, OK, fantastic. Yeah. So speaking of the, the road race, um, let's start with the, the, the key, the key details. Uh, when is it on? What time? And... Um, and how do people enter? Yeah, so um, the listen, the Lust Four Mile, it's um, it's got everything. <laughs> uh, I'm biased, obviously, but it it is a great little race, and it's a lovely time of the year. You know, it's um, just when things are starting to kick off. The distance is spot on, four miles. It's very achievable for an, an, anyone new to running, or you know, it's a traditional distance, and um, that you'll find a lot of um, club runners and. Um, even the elites will like to come out and um, give a go. Um, the course, it's it's challenging, um, but look, it's um, it's two it's two laps of our lovely little village here in Lusk, and it really shows off the town. You know, the community comes together, and um, you know the support all along the route. Um, it's on the fifth of March, and it's at three p.m., so it's a nice time of the day. Um, we have juvenile races also. So you can bring the kids, they can have their little run around the, the green um, uh, right up to the under 16s and before the main race actually starts. Um, so, uh, yeah, 5th of March, 3 p.m. And you can sign up on you know, what's different this year is it's through Events Master. So uh, but listen, it's just straightforward. You click on the link and, you know, everything is, is um, straightforward enough. And listen, it's it's um, you know you you with with your entry you get chip timing, you get a t-shirt, lovely medal at the finish line, but you must finish, and a great goodie bag too. Um, so sounds fantastic. Yeah. So we we know we're going to have great support from our members in the club, from the local community, and and members from the local clubs. So there's it sounds like there's you know loads and loads of reasons for people to travel up or down the M1 to come visit us in, in Lusk on the, on the 25th of March. Um, so the 5th of March. 5th of March, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank no, you. that's yeah. fine. Um, just coming back to, um, I mean, uh, Nicole and Colm talked about Lusk AC reforming in 2009 um, earlier um, in the podcast. So the Lusk Formal was initially set to restart in 2018. So what's the history of the race and, and maybe the restart, please? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, um, Colin McNally um, wanted to, to kind of have um, a race, you know, a, a club race, um, similar to what he remembered growing up in Lusk um, that was ran on St. Patrick's Day. Now, when we looked at the race calendar, we were initially looking at a September day, but then I... I I wasn't too mad about that because, you know, a lot of people are training for the marathon at that time of year. So um, and it was very difficult to look at the race calendar and get, you know, to get us. We wanted it to be on a Sunday um, you know, just from a traffic point of view, just less traffic on the roads. Um, there was so many factors we had to look at, but we eventually got uh, fixed on on this March date. And I think it works really well. It's as I said earlier, it's a nice time in the calendar race calendar. It follows the, you know, the Rohini five mile, which is a 
fantastic event, well-established event. And we took a lot of pointers from how they run theirs uh, in how we run ours. So um, I think it naturally kind of follows that uh, nicely. So 2018 was an eventful year, was it, if I remember rightly? 2018 was our, our first year. Now, we, we, there was months of planning went into it because obviously being our first race, um, we, you know, we were starting from scratch. And, you know, I... I was so new to running anyway, like I probably only was running like three years at this stage. And uh, so I was completely new to it. But, you know, I, I got a lot of help from um, uh, Rohini were really helpful to us. Um, and also uh, Athletics Ireland. And we uh, we contacted my run results, who were fantastic as well and still are um, with us and give us huge support in uh and, and and they're just a dream to work with um because they they know you know they're doing it week in week out and um they they know it before we know it <laughs> you know so they were able to prepare us that way um but 2018 yeah i mean um we we had a week to go and we had um i, I don't know if you remember but storm emma and the beast from the east where we were all literally like you know trapped in our homes we couldn't leave and this was a week before the race um, so uh, challenging to say the least um, and of course we had read alerts from Met Aaron um, but uh, and, and there was calls then from, from participants that were we going to postpone the race and we were obviously very reluctant to do this you know because we'd put so much effort into preparing for our first race um, so on with, I suppose, with 24 hours or sorry, with 48 hours to go, we um, we had a look at the course and uh, a lot of it was still, you know, we weren't able to access it, you know, because of the snow. Um, but, you know, there was a thaw coming and we were kind of hopeful. Um, and but we needed to clear the you know the main start finish area needed to be cleared which was the um the village green which is where our race still starts and finishes and um we we had to put out a call on social media you know to um local you know members just to help us clear the area so um we, we couldn't believe the response and um, within 30 minutes there was like 50 people on the green with spades and brushes and a JCB even turned up and we had we had it cleared within I think within you know an hour um, so it was just such a lovely um, the community spirit that was displayed there was fantastic you know everybody knew that we were that this was our first uh, lost four mile and it was it was heartwarming for so many people to come out but uh, yeah following that the next morning of course race day um, we we discovered you know okay the part of the route was still impassable you know so um, so that basically um, turned into the two lap race because we had gotten road closure from uh, the council so we couldn't change the route um, uh, drastically. Um, so we, we decided, OK, and our marshals as well, they were already, um, you know, um, briefed as to where they needed to be. You know, so it was kind of like, what are we going to do here? So we, we had the bright idea of having two, two laps. And, and hence that's and, and people loved it. So we, we stuck with it.
So you've a lot of experience at this stage. Um, so what would be the, you know, four or five key uh, preparation steps, you know, in a, in, a, in a concise manner? What are the steps yeah. that, that are key to a successful race day? Just for, for our listeners. Yeah, so I, I suppose... Um I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's our main fundraising event, you know, so um, for the for our growing club. Um, and um, so I suppose what's for me, uh, the key thing would be our sponsors, you know, securing sponsorship. And we, we have to do that pretty early because, you know, we have to send get T-shirts printed. And so those orders need to go in kind of ideally, you know, um, before Christmas or around this time. So. We want to secure that kind of um, sponsorship, but we've been so lucky with local businesses and um, support um, throughout the years, and the generosity is 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 quite um, overwhelming. Um, but I suppose that they want to support such a, an active club, and they can see. I mean, it's got it's gotten easier each year because they can see what the the benefits of um, that the club has for the community. Um, so yeah, so that would be one major thing. Um, then also we, we you know from the start we wanted to do it right, so we wanted to get the roads closed. You know from from a safety perspective. So our, um, I suppose volunteer recruitment, that's a massive thing because you know, um, it takes it takes a village. I'm not messing. It's like we. Generally, we have in around uh, 100 volunteers on the day of the race um, and uh, there's about half and half. So you've probably 50 are actual road marshals and the other half would be um, people either pacing, making sandwiches, um, setting up, uh, clearing down, um, you know, the, the, the it, it's endless, the jobs. So... Um, I'm really surprised, a hundred. Huh? There's uh, yeah, a hundred. It's an army of volunteers, and um, it just everybody, you know, a lot of people have come back to do the same role, and it's great. But um, uh, you know, we we just couldn't do it without without the volunteers, and and particularly our marshals, because um, at the end of the day, uh, the safety of uh, the event from start to finish is is the main priority. Um, but uh, yeah, I, so is this an official call out for volunteers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you know where to find me. Fantastic. Um, so look, one more question, if I may, and uh, this is strictly for a friend. Um, can you tell us about the the course records and who holds the records? So yeah, so we had two course records last year um, were broken. Ephraim Giddy from Clonliffe Harriers. Um, just, you know, completely uh, obliterated the course record. He did it in um, the record time of 18.27. And he just, like, I mean, he smiled coming through the finish. Like, you know, he was actually enjoying the celebrations as he, you know, because he, he, you know, he um, was a clear winner there. Um, and then we had um, Fiona McKenna from UCD. She she was our female course. Uh, she broke the female course record in twenty one forty three. I mean, they were they were just uh, amazing performances. Um, but in the past, you know, we've had um, Olympians. Uh, uh, Katrina McKiernan was on our podium, and also Mick Clossy. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's certainly um, out there and open for you know anyone to challenge that. Uh, we'd we'd love to see um, 
A new know, record. A new record. Absolutely. Why not? Fantastic. So look, Annette, um, um, really, I just want to say thanks again so much for coming to talk to us about the Lusk Four Mile Race. I'll be there on the day volunteering. Um, yes. It's going to be a fantastic event, no doubt. Hopefully we get the weather like we did last year. And if not, it's still going to be fantastic. Um, I'd just like to wish you and your team the very best of luck for the Lusk Four Mile on the 5th of March and a very successful uh, Donna Day Donna D 50k run. Oh, thanks so, a million. Um, good yeah, luck with that. No, that's great. Sorry yeah. I let the cat out of the bag about the... the no, the no, that's absolutely fine. So I'd like to finish by thanking all our listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed the show. We've lined up Matt Shields, Country Manager for Park Run Ireland, in our next episode. I'm really looking forward to chatting to Matt. We also have a fascinating interview with a Lusk AC member, which I will leave as a surprise. I'd also like to thank our guests, Nicole Hodson, Colin McNally, Una Gaines and Annette Foy. I would like to thank all the team that are working on the Lusk AC podcast. It's very much a team effort. So in alphabetical order, Colin Brown, Julie Griffith, Nicole Hodson, Dwayne Moore, Daniel O'Brien, Sean Smith and Colin Wall. So please do rate the podcast and spread the word.